Some kids collect insects. Others collect dolls. Harriet M. Welsh collects secrets. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Harriet the Spy. Welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And today we are covering a 90s classic, Harriet the Spy. I will say that, and I know you disagreed on my choice of tagline for this movie, but even just saying that tagline brought me back like how many years ago was the 90s? Like 30 years? It's interesting you say that because I had no memory and thus no nostalgia of this movie at all. I recognized the name, but I had never seen it before. I don't know what VHS it was, but one of my VHSs that I watched over and over had this as remember when there was like trailers before your VHS. So whatever movie that was, I saw this trailer over and over. So I remember that part because it's used in the trailer. Oh, the tagline. Yeah. But you never actually saw the movie. Oh, I did. No, I saw it at least once or twice. Yeah. I saw the trailer more than I ever saw the movie. Ah, okay. Anyway, so yes, Harriet the Spy. What year did this come out? 97? 1996, starring Michelle Trachtenberg. And Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, her also Michelle, as I said, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Was this before or after she was on? Because she was on Pete and Pete, wasn't she? uh, We could check on IMDb. I can't really say I followed her career that closely. I feel like she was in Pete and Pete, which is a show that most of the world has forgotten. But I just want to throw that back out there. (laughs) No, you're correct. From 1994 to 1996. Was that an animated show or was it live action? It was live action about two brothers named Pete. Both named Pete. So, do you want to get started with our plot synopsis from IMDb? All right, here we go. Harriet M. Welsh is a spy, but when her friends find her secret notebook, the tables are turned on her. Can she win her friends back and still keep on going with the spy business? Now, spoiler alert, that doesn't actually happen until halfway through the movie. <laughs> well, you have to set up other stuff, too. And I mean, just start off the bat, the, it is in the title, Harriet the Spy, but... She's not a real spy. It's not like spy kids where we have kids who are actually spies. She is a spy in the sense that she is gathering intelligence about the world around her, but she's not reporting that intelligence to anyone or anything. She is not a professional spy. She's a kid pretending to be a spy, but she still does more spy stuff than, say, James Bond, who goes around killing (laughs) other spies. Just getting back to the plot thing. As probably no one is surprised here, I did read a lot as a kid, and this book is the same level as like Beverly Cleary books, like Ramona and Jesus and Super Fudge. And I remember a lot of those books, much like Childhood itself, is a series of unconnected vignettes rather than a overarching plot. So although it did sort of annoy me in this movie that no plot developed until about halfway through, I understood why they were doing it. I wouldn't say that there's no plot developed, but well, let's get into it. So we start off with our title sequence, which I like the jazzy music. And then so you see like bits of the magnifying glass and other of her spy gadgets. And then randomly like fruits, like we saw some what mangosteen and there's like, it's like an Asian fruit. I was was curious to see that. And so it turns out that the reason you see it is because it's at an Asian market and Harriet's taking notes on everything going around. Yeah, a couple people in the credits jumped out. We already mentioned, but also Eartha Kitt. Ah, yes. Yes, I saw it. I noticed that as well. So yeah, she's surveying Hong Fats. Or is it Hong Kong Fats? Nope, Hong Fat. Oh, okay. Hong Fats. And one thing that she noticed that jumped out to me was a kid on a leash. Highly (laughs) unusual in 1996. Not so much in 2021. 
Yes. Those were already a thing in 1990. I remember that. Well, just because they Kids existed doesn't mean it was mainstreamed. Okay. She no- also notices a man stealing a wallet and surprises him and by like popping out of the place she was hiding. And that causes him to like fall into a bunch of eggs. So many eggs. Zach, did this anger you considering you have a lot of eggs in your diet lately? Nah, it's all good. But what was interesting to me was that I thought this would lead the movie in a very different direction. I thought she was going to become like a crime fighter. Because <laughs> like, this is the only thing that, of any actual consequence that happens in the whole movie outside of the world that Harriet inhabits herself, if that makes sense. Okay. I guess I've seen too many Disney Channel original movies. By the way, I should say that this movie is by Nickelodeon. Yes, it's actually so. the very first movie by Nickelodeon. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yep. Next, go to her at her school. Her friends, Janie and Sport. And there's a popular kid who they hate named Marion Hawthorne, who is very snooty. You also hear about some of like all of her other classmates, including the boy with the purple socks who never speaks. Okay, yeah. Basically, she is a spy because she wants to be a writer. And the way that you become a writer is by making observations about the world around you. So mm-hmm. that's what she does all the time. She has her two friends. They're in the sixth grade. And I think it's interesting that they're in sixth grade in this movie because sixth grade is very much a point of transition from elementary school to middle school and from childhood to more like teenagerhood. Mm -hmm. So like there's a couple points in the movie where they seem sort of immature for sixth grade and we can get to them later. I just thought it was interesting because sixth grade isn't really I don't think of a sixth grader as like a kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't. I completely disagree six i know that when you're in sixth grade you feel like you're practically an adult you're not mm-hmm. but they no they were they were acting appropriately for sixth graders i would say okay well do you remember in sixth grade do they get rid of recess do sixth graders have recess yeah no wait do they or don't they they don't you, <laughs> they do you asked a question and i said yes they did get rid of it Okay, so point is, I think I was getting at that is just a period of transition. Okay, Harriet's starting to grow up, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and we'll get to what leads into that. But and mm. then the other thing of note here is that Harriet and Marion, the popular girl, are both up for class president. And in addition to being class president and all that entails, they also are the one who get to edit their part of the school newspaper. Yeah, this confused me at first. It was explained later. I didn't understand why Harriet wanted to be class president. Because she doesn't seem to like the school or the other kids in it. It wasn't clear to me right here that they also get to edit the paper, which being someone who wants to be a writer, Harriet would love to do, I'm sure. So Harriet (laughs) does lose. And then her and Jeannie talk about how they would like to murder Marianne. Yeah, Jeannie's Jeannie's got a bit of a dark streak to her. She's a bit intense. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe if it was a kid watching it, this stuff would come off a little bit better. It's like, yeah, you know, kids give you a hard time. You joke about killing them. Whatever. That's normal. But it came off as strange to me. It was fine for me. I I remembered what movie we were watching. So I <laughs> did not get caught up into, oh, the attempted murder. <laughs> well, just because it keeps or coming proposed back. attempted murder, rather. There anyway, we go. so. Harriet has spy time. And so she has gets all her gadgets that she has, her flashlight, her... Um, her compact mirror, her binoculars, I assume there's a magnifying glass in there somewhere as well. She does mm-hmm. what I always enjoy, you know, the slow-mo of when you're putting your coat on, like throwing it over your shoulders. I always like that. 
Yeah, this was a good suiting up Even sequence. Even in a kid's movie. Yeah. Yep. So she's on a rooftop watching a man feed all of his, I think it was like 25 cats or something like that. Yeah, so she's looking around the neighborhood just checking in on the usual people. It's interesting that it takes place in New York. I feel like a lot of Disney movies take place in like suburbia. Mm, depends but- on the movie. Anyway, but yeah, so as she's watching, she keeps mentioning someone named Golly, so we don't meet till later, but we've, that's... Uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character. We go back to someone's stoop, probably. I don't I don't remember where it's, but I just remember that they have two things that made it the most 90s thing ever. The giant pixie stick and the candy necklace. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure which is more 90s, the Spy Kids or this? Oh, this, definitely. Spy Kids was 2000s. Yeah, yes. but it had a lot of 90s elements. We're, let's not get into that again. No, no. It's like the, the 90s fashion. I remember the 90s fashion. That was early 2000s, but okay. But yeah, so yeah, as we said, Golly is Rosie O'Donnell, who's Harriet's nanny. She takes them to a garden with with lots of uh, like eclectic art that they get to play around with. They do this thing where they have the fizzy soda drink and they like shake it up and wish for what you want most in the world. Harriet says she wants to see the whole world and write down everything. Yeah, I thought at first she was giving kids champagne. (laughs) <laughs> but I guess she's not that cool. Also, no. something that someone pointed out around this part is that it's the last day of summer, which is, again, like, I don't know if the movie was trying to go for a theme that may be a little too complimentary of a Nickelodeon original movie. Maybe it's from the book. But if it was, that is the end of summer is like a period of transition as well. The end of one thing and the beginning of something new. Yep. Golly, putting Harriet to bed. Her mom and her dad are at some fancy party. And also find out that Harriet always brings a tomato sandwich with mayo to school every single day. Okay, what do you think about this? This tomato sandwich? Yeah. When I saw it, because she's cutting it with like a butter knife. I'm like, who cuts a tomato like that? And I realized, oh, she's a kid. And they won't let her have the big knife. I think she even mentions I would like Mm -hmm. to have a real knife. Okay, so... Again, this may be a little bit unfair, but I think the reason why she has the same thing every day is because she's like on the spectrum. Okay? Because I eat the same thing every day, and I still think I might be on the spectrum. I still suspect it. My mom says I'm not, but I don't believe her. Or people can just know what they like and have it. That's fine, but why is it in the movie then? Why are they spending time with it? I'll tell you why. Because it's in the book. Okay, but then why is it in the book? Because it's a fun little thing that kids will relate to oh i like i only like this thing like okay yes this she may be in sixth grade but the kids who read the book are younger than that because they have, want someone to look up to and of course kids who are younger than that may have their favorite food that they want to eat every single day you know that's a good point i think kids do eat the same thing every day because they like yeah. it but my personal you're making way too big a deal of something. my personal headcanon is that harriet is slightly on the spectrum i think it would explain a lot i mean there's nothing wrong with that but i just don't think that's implied anywhere in the movie but let's move on <laughs> Okay. She goes back to the Hong Fats uh, Food Emporium, I think is what it's called. She does some spying and notices what looks like someone, you know, giving away or stealing produce. That's right. We also hear about Frankie, who's the grandson of the family who wants to borrow the truck for a date. Parents and grandparents are not having any of it. <laughs> a common problem, I'm sure. Even though they live in New York, so you'd think not having a truck wouldn't be as big of a deal. Hmm. Harriet also says that Frankie is American style cool as opposed to his family, which are Chinese style cool. I would like to know what that means. Both of them. I, I don't want to. I want to know what it means to be American. It, style it literally cool. means that he's more Americanized than his family. But I appreciate that he. She thought that the both were cool. Yes, 
That is very nice. That, of that's literally all it means. But yeah, let's let's <laughs> move on. So Harriet is in the bath and she overhears her parents shouting. Apparently her dad is having problems at work. Here's the most 90s thing. Talk to the hand. That is extremely 90s. Yes. <laughs> Harriet says goodnight to her parents. But Golly is the one to tuck her in, not her mother. Her mother even offers and she says, no, Golly can do it. And mm-hmm. we go back to our trio who are on the steps at school laughing at the terribleness of Marion's writing in the school paper. Marion writes about horse riding and, you know, is, has a, like, backhanded thing about, you know, for those of you too poor to know about horse riding. <laughs> Again, I don't think she said that. I think that was more it's implied. pretty... No, no, <laughs> it's literally something exactly to the, almost those, exactly those words. That's I wish hilarious. I had written it down, yeah. Yeah, so the parents have another night out, and we find out that Golly is cooking bratwurst, which raises alarm bells for Harriet because she knows that Golly hates bratwurst. Yeah, it was mentioned earlier. There's someone at the door, and it happens to be the guy who Harriet saw potentially stealing produce, whose name is George. We got water or something. something, something Isn't it something German? Because that's why he eats bratwurst. Yeah, I think so. So seemingly, Golly is having a date night at the house while she's watching Harriet. Yeah, that's not very professional, but maybe they okayed that already. But more to the point, Golly is sleeping with the enemy, a potential veggie thief. (laughs) Yes. I was expecting, again, the movie to take a very different turn from what it did. Well, there's there's parts I like this where Harriet's like hinting, like dropping the word word steal in a few times, stuff like that. Yeah, trying to get him to crack. And then also she's like also trying to kill the mood, like she's slurping her soup really loudly, and they get into a staring contest again. Super nineties thing. I I don't know. Do kids still do staring contests? I bet they do. They absolutely do. I feel like Godly kind of deserves to have her mood ruined for bringing a date (laughs) to her babysitting, or to bring a kid to her date. Either way, it's uh, a little bit much. But also, we noticed at this part that Harriet's family has a really nice house. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're decently well off, especially if they're going out to fancy parties. And they have what turns out to be a full-time nanny, like Mary Poppins. <laughs> we also find out that George, the date, apparently used to have a business and a wife, a lots of money, but he was miserable and decided he wanted to start over. And he asked his wife to come with him, and she didn't. Do you think this was true? What? Do you think his story was true? Yes. Like, it turns out that it is true, but at the time, the audience thinks he's a veggie thief. So you can't trust them. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> it was just weird. Like, I didn't understand what the movie was doing. Mm, yeah, so Gully burnt the bratwurst, which Carolyn, who watched this with me, pointed out that she would have smelled it long before it got burned. Yeah, maybe she doesn't have a good sense of smell. And so instead, they end up going out to dinner and a movie, and they go to see Mata Hari starring Greta Garbo, something which we should cover at some point. Yeah, and I was like, Harriet, don't take the wrong lessons from this movie. <laughs> when Mata Hari's dancing around in like a sexy outfit. Yeah. And also, I, I like how her and George have a pretend sword fight outside the theater. That, that was mm-hmm. fun. No, no, again, it seems oh, like boy. George is like worming his way into their good graces. Oh, and something boy. terrible is going to happen. This is going to be one of those podcasts, isn't it? No, I'm <laughs> just saying has it was confusing. theory about the entire movie. <laughs> It took a little bit for me to adjust my brain to what the movie I mean, was doing. You, I guess because I've seen it before and also like I know that trailer. So I know what the stakes are here. <laughs> Apparently the stakes are extremely low. Yes. No, they're extremely <laughs> low. 
Zach. <laughs> well, the last one we saw was Spy Kids, where the fate of the world was at stake, and then Sergeant Stubby. Those are the only kids' movies we've covered so far. All right, fair enough. Though I do appreciate that this was very different from them. Yeah. So here's the stakes now. So actually, I like this. So George is like, so he's delivery boy for Hong Fat. So he was, took them home on the bike, and apparently the parents are home early and are pissed because they have no idea where their child is. It's 3 a.m. Do you know where your ch- children are? <laughs> Shoot, I messed that up. The mom is like, golly, this is it. You're fired. And then yeah. they're like, wait a minute. We went too far. Golly's like, you know what? She's in sixth grade now. I quit. Well, it's not I quit. It's more of a, I think it's time for me to leave. Yes. You know, and she says that Harriet can take care of herself now. And as this is going, Harriet's sneaking to listen, but gets caught. For, yes. <laughs> for a spy, like they mentioned that the good spy is never caught, but she gets caught a lot. Well, she is just a kid. Yeah. So they have a very, very long goodbye sequence here. It takes a really long time. Yeah, so Golly is waiting outside for her ride, looking very Mary Poppins. And yeah, this is mm-hmm. where we figure out it's a living nanny because she got all her luggage with her. Mm-hmm. But Golly gives Harriet a good speech on like how to move on, basically. As the cab's driving away, you know, Harriet's running alongside. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. And back at school, class is watching a girl-to-woman video. Puberty and first periods and all that sort of stuff. See, again, transition, growing up, coming of age. I'm not disagreeing with you on that point. Though it is kind of surprising to see it. I wasn't sure what the target age for the movie is. Probably like like, third, fourth graders, somewhere around there. Okay, because there's a part where they talk about boobs. I'm like, should a third grader really be watching a movie where they're talking about boobs? It's it's just weird. (laughs) They already know that boobs are a thing at that age. I'm aware that they know that. It's another thing to have a studio executive signing off on a movie Mm. directed at them. But that was the times. You could get away with a little bit more back then. We also have Harriet still being sad about, you know, Golly leaving. She goes through all her earlier notebooks. Her mom checks on her and doesn't do a very good job of checking. Just sort of like through the door. Are you okay? And she's like, I said I'm fine. And just leaves it at that. Well, that's the classic parent-child dynamic. The, the mom does seem a little bit out of touch. I mean, yeah. her nanny practically raised her kid, mm-hmm. so that would explain a lot. But yeah, so back to the cat guy. He like Yeah, the health department took all his cats, and not just took them all, but took them all in a bag. Like, just all <laughs> 25 cats in a bag. I'm like, seriously, yeah. come on. Like, it's something out of a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I felt bad for the guy. I mean, he was probably lonely without all his cats. So back at the Hong Fat Market, we see that Frankie took the truck and wrecked it. We also see Sport is shopping at the market, and he's short on cash. And okay, is, I'm, so, I'm yes. sorry, I have a quick question. And yes. I really I really am not trying to be difficult here. Oh, no, no, perhaps it's too late for that. But why is Frankie wrecking the truck in the movie? Like, why is it relevant? Eh, they barely talk about it. It's just like you see a shot of it past the truck and... I don't think they like maybe even mentioned it briefly, but it's just to fill out this world that they have of all these things that are happening. And she's observing it. That's why, because they need stuff for her to observe. If there's nothing going on outside the world, there's nothing yeah. for her to observe. And then she can't be a spy. It is true that in real life, not everything you see when you walk down the street somehow becomes relevant later. That being said, here's oh, another theory. It's like Frankie wants to grow up and he takes the truck and he makes mistakes and he gets hurt in the process, just like Harriet does later. How do you like that? Sure. But yeah, so in the market, we see Sport is shopping, buying groceries for his family, but Mm -hmm. he's short on cash. She comes in, says that he dropped a dollar outside and gives it to him. Next, we go back to the classroom. 
teacher asks everyone for ideas for the school pageant. Yeah, everyone's really into it. Everyone has all these ideas they want to share. Yeah, sports says pirates. JD says the Manhattan Project. I love that. She was like, I could be J. Robert Oppenheimer. Uh, And then the teacher says, I think there might be a taste issue, (laughs) which is a hilarious way to describe it. She isn't willing to just say, no, that's a terrible idea. I I would have watched it, though. No, like, to be fair, kudos to the teacher for actually not just shutting down ideas and listening to everything. I've had teachers where they just shut down ideas and then people just didn't want to volunteer anymore didn't want to speak anymore yeah the teacher has clearly been around for a while and knows what she's doing yeah but the one that get, ends up getting settled on is from marion which is a holiday feast so everyone's going to be a different piece of food i yes. wanted to mention harriet is an onion which has no relevance really oh no here we go an onion has layers Oh, that's not what and I was saying. It's layers, and it's the layers <laughs> of her growing into an adult. Wow, see, you're right uh, here with me. Oh I really God. like to see that. We got synergy going. But uh, what I was actually going to say is that there's a classic Calvin and Hobbes story where oh. Calvin is in a food play, and he's also an onion. Oh, so okay. You know it's a coincidence. A lot of those Calvin and Hobbes were written in, what, the 70s or 80s? It started in the 80s, and I think it finished in the yeah, early 90s. That's so right. probably before the movie was made. Again, this is something that was in the book, so it may have been a reference to that from when it was in the book. Yep. So they don't seem to like the idea. JD makes no. a joke about doing a chemical attack on the auditorium, which Let's I'm sure was Bob. hilarious in 1996, but doesn't play so well today. So we get more of Harriet spying on her neighborhood. She spies on Sport and his dad. She stacks a bunch of stuff in the alley to get to sneak up to their window. It's super precarious. Yeah, it's what they call second story work in the business. <laughs> And of course, everything underneath crashes as she's watching. Somehow they don't hear all the stuff falling down and crashing. Yeah. Sport is nonplussed by the fact that she's hanging out a window. I also noticed that. He didn't seem to mind that she was spying on them. But it's not exactly a secret that she spies on people. So I guess he's like, oh, there's that Harriet again. Well, doing what she does. Her friends know. I guess her family knows. But all the other kids in the neighborhood and everyone else in the neighborhood don't know. Well, yeah, people within her inner circle, though. Yeah, yeah. Sport's dad is a writer and doesn't know he's bringing in a lot, so Sport is the one who cooks, cleans, and does the books. Yeah, he's basically an accountant, and he does everything for his dad. Next, we go to a new house to spy on, which has a dog grooming van outside.